So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. <clears throat> welcome, everybody to this June 5th, 2013 edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and yonder to the left, we have Jean Victoria Norlock and Shauna Lovely. How are you, ladies? We're good, Rick. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Good, good. I'm pretty good. I'm awake. That's a, pot, a plus. <laughs> <laughs> It's been, I cannot it's, say the same. Yeah. <laughs> this recovery thing from the driving this weekend. I uh, I don't know that I needed that much of a verification of, you know, going to... I'd already decided to go. But, boy, if I hadn't decided to go to Costa Rica before then, that sure did it. Because, wow. I, uh, well, could almost not walk Sunday night and... And uh, Monday was like walking on, well, like walking on a hamburger grill or something, a griddle, you know, in a kitchen, commercial kitchen. And uh, and but I've been sleeping probably eighteen or nineteen out of every twenty-four hours, and and still not quite back together. And uh, that's just it. Just it just shocks me that it's that dra- drastic and dramatic. The 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 difference because. You know, I drove two, three and a half hour trips separated by, you know, one on Friday, one on Sunday. And I did like all of that in one day in Costa Rica and then ran up and downstairs and did a show and ran up and downstairs some more. But uh, I, I. Yes, but if I may be so bold as to point out the fact that in Costa Rica you were laid back, chilling, you were surrounded by people who were of like mind and energetic wise. It was a very positive experience whereas your anticipation of certain dramas surrounding the trip to Kerrville yeah and there is a lot of you know energetic release I suppose after mm-hmm. the trip too and um, uh, so there is that but still wow this is uh, wow and uh, so I've been by the apartment office this morning and so I've got a I have legal formularies to fill out here, and then uh, then we'll get it get this road on the show. I mean, show on the road. And then you're and then you're on a plane. I just and yeah. we're all done, and we won't have to listen to you bitch about it anymore. Yeah, gotta get the dog. Gotta get a shot for the dog and some puppy valiums, so she can be okay on the plane. 
Yes, we wouldn't want her to freak out, of course. Yeah. Well. So there's not much, um, not much really new around here. We're both kind of tired and zombie-like today because we spent a lot of time playing in the bush today. Um, Wandering in the bush and digging in the garden and. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Screw it. Let's get to it. What's up, Angela? Oh wow! <laughs> Welcome <Okay>. back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just sorry. I don't. It's, I don't think it's good for Rick to continually talk about how bad his legs are right now and how tired he is. So I'm just gonna bump him and talk to you because <laughs> light some fire up, right? Absolutely. Is, I want him to get focused on the positive. This is what this is what happens these days. Now that you know, there's two ladies up there, and uh, often we have uh, ladies for guests. So you know, I'm totally out gendered and outvoted. I was outvoted before, though. So. All bar- all part of the shift, darling. You're in perfect order. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Everything's lovely, really. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me back. I'm really, um, really excited to be on the show again tonight. Well, we're always happy to have you. Always got um, awesome stories. <laughs> Awesome stuff going around on in under and through. And you've got a trip coming up. Yes, I'm leaving in just a few days uh for Peru and um doing lots of packing and last minute uh attention to the other to the people who are coming. We've got a couple of our guests already in Peru just landed last night. And um a couple a few more of us that are each, every day for the next few days we've got people heading that direction. So there's a lot of energy moving around, um, leaving the space that we're in and going to uh, something really, really magnificent. So I'm really, really excited. Uh, I just I've been teaching classes the last few months, quite a few of them, and just seeing some major, major emotional shifts taking place in people, and uh, it's been really an exciting ride. No doubt, you've seen um, you've seen some pretty cool stuff happen this time around with regards to desire and manifestation of of desire. Yeah, I I, I think um, I think you have those links up on your site, right? Of the three people who are uh, working towards these trips, um, seeing the seeing the passion in the people who've taken the classes to take it. To the next level and go to Peru and say, "Okay, I'm, I'm ready for this direct, ex- direct experiences," is really exciting. And this, you know, what's been phenomenal for me to watch is the power of intention to create miracles. For you know, some of the people who've taken these classes didn't even have money for the class, and the class was a great price. It was four hundred dollars, and it was you know the the value is probably at least a thousand, maybe two thousand dollar value because we went really deep and intensely. But even for people who were in a place where they didn't even have the money for the class, but they felt really strongly called to be there, and then people would sponsor them for the class, there would be such momentum and such movement and such relief and release of old heavy emotions that the passion that gets arise gets risen by within people 
it's just blown my mind. Some of these people who had no money for the class are now, they've funded their way to Peru, even somehow come up with another $5,000 to go to Peru and study with the wisdom keepers there, the elders in the jungle. And still having no money and having passion and being able to manifest whatever they whatever they need. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight is one of the ways that that happens. And I know a lot of people have been talking about different aspects like the secret and other, um, you know, like Esther and Jerry Hicks principles, which are just phenomenal and very spot on. Uh, and, I, and I've had some experiences lately that I would love to share about uh, one of the other one of the other steps for people who really want to manifest something that they feel excited about. So, should I jump into story time? Absolutely, yes, please. Angela's story time is always a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so, one thing that I found that's really kind of blown me away is the power of dropping the f bomb, and just fucking right. right. <laughs> and we like that. We like that fucking shit up here. <laughs> Fuck so, yeah! So, I just I was just saying to Jean today that I might want to start a yoga yoga chat program that that's just all dropping curse words and it would be so relief. <laughs> we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think and we'll talk about that later in the show because I actually I I would love your take on some of the discussions that we've had, Angela. But yeah, go go ahead because that's yeah. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would I yeah. would love to hear your story and love to give you some feedback. So one of the things uh, I've been working with, you know, um, a soul group of beings who have been visiting me for a long time, but it's. I wasn't always clear who they were. They, these beautiful messages would come in as I would channel, and I would feel really great when I when I went to Peru. I crossed over, and there was this whole con. I could see this constellation that was of stars that were like uh, vibrating and beaming, and there was this voice, and it was the soul group that started coming in. But up until oh, I would say about last year. I still I felt a little bit uncomfortable even talking about the soul group and when I would channel I would channel for small private groups I wouldn't do a lot of channeling you know in large group groups I felt a little shy about it but the events in my life have just just thrust me forward to where I don't really have a choice but I have to say what's coming through and you know for any anyone who knows who does channeling, sometimes there's a point where you can't tell where, you know, like I'm not sure, you know, where I end and they begin and so forth because part of it is my own direct real experience and part of it is stuff that I couldn't possibly know. <laughs> so so this soul group, um, I finally I finally have a name for them. They're known to me as the Absolvers. And it's pretty self-explanatory, but their work is in helping people to reach absolution and really absolve them of lower vibrational frequency energy, such as guilt, shame, fear, grief, uh, betrayal, and those kinds of energies. And the most fascinating thing that has come through is the power of fuck you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, 
you know, it's you know you, you think of you know the average person thinks of of you know channeling a message from these very enlightened high beings as being you know someone with beautiful gentle loving kind energy which is true they are oh, that that's bullshit <laughs> They're not just that. I'm sorry. They're not just that. They can be that, but they have this other side to them. They're very blunt and direct. <laughs> yes, and the, the the key word to that is power. And you know, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of Christian teachings. There's a lot. All you know, all religious paths have these beautiful teachings, but they just don't fucking apply to a lot of our situations we say well how do i get from here to there because right now i fucking hate my neighbor the motherfucking piece of shit you know <laughs> these assholes so what happens is is people get caught in this awful awful cycle of saying well i know i can be a loving person and sometimes i'm a loving person but right now i feel like shit and i really want to take an uzi to them and so what do I do with this? And what happens is people, that's what what causes separation. When we are in alignment with our higher self and our soul and our truth and our emotions and our feelings, and we, are, and we give ourselves full permission to say whatever it is that we feel, and, and sometimes it takes a lot of digging for people to even get to that. But when we can get to that and say it and express it, the fuck you, you fucking, you know, ruined my life, I, I'll never forgive you, and all that, then you go, ah, okay, I feel better now, <laughs> you know, and then you can get to a place where there's this incredible experience of unity, an incredible experience of love, and then you begin to see the masterful players, how these, how these fucking assholes in our lives have shown up as masterful holy beings to help us on our path but until we express that we'll never find it because we you know it's kind of like how esther and jerry hicks talk about you know driving from phoenix to san diego and they go phoenix yuma phoenix yuma phoenix yuma and they're not there because you know san diego in their case represents where we want to be and people just don't understand how to get there because they're taught, just let it go, just forgive it. And then, so they say, okay, i got to let this go. And it just festers and festers and festers. And it shows up as disease and illness. And if you don't get angry at some point, I mean, if, if, I, I, if when I think about all the people in my life, if you don't get angry about what's happening on this planet, <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> because there's a yeah. lot to be angry about. When we get to the real anger, I mean, look what Monsanto is doing. Fucking Jesus Christ! I mean, they're destroying people through the ver through the ways that we normally nourish people. There's a million things to be really angry about. Now the loving, you know, spiritual New Agers are going to say, "Now let's be kind and loving." There's a lot of positive things. Let's be forgiving. And my response is, fuck you. Fuck that. <laughs> exactly. When we can actually really go to that place, something miraculous happens. And that's when the power comes through. It's not, you know, a person is not empowered as long as they're being, you know, a sweetie pie. <laughs> so, 
So I've had some miracles in my life that have happened uh, around the around the area of finances when I looked at how my life force energy was being was being drained out. And when I saw the ways that it was being drained out through people who I love very much, who, you know, people I was giving money to and supporting and all of that and but I felt this drain happening. And finally, I've had to say to more than one person, fuck you, that's not my role. I'm not your fucking banker. I'm this other role over here. It's not my job. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> I really invite anybody who's listening to, you know, this, me- you know, I it's me talking, but the absolvers are right here, like lighting me up, like my whole body is like vibrating right now. So I know it's a, a portion of me and a portion of them saying, Right on. Give yourself permission to say "fuck you," and you it, you will be amazed at how good you feel afterwards by just being able to say it and get to the truth. And then we can have a then we can have a discussion about higher vibrations. If you can't say, oh. you know, I'm fucking pissed. If you've got nothing to be pissed about, you're not alive. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and it's just it's just more denial. We people are are used to applying the, well, the only way out is through to some physical mess that they may be in, you know. Yeah. The only way out is just through. Well, but funky emotions, particularly ones that keep coming up, the only way out is through. And if you, every time you feel some anger or uh, hurt or you you back up and you go, oh, no, bunnies and rainbows, bunnies and all is well, I love everyone, everyone loves me. Yeah, no, fuck that. <clears throat> um, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> it ain't you're you're fibbing, and you're avoiding, and that's not high vibrational behavior. Neither one. Yeah, and the the anger is a much higher vibration than fear, than guilt, than shame. And one of the things that these absolvers do, they literally. Um, they bring in a vibrational frequency that will literally absolve people of the belief that they have about uh, the guilt and the shame and the the sadness and all of that that people carry. They can literally, they are, they're, in fact, their work, their job, their, their, who they are is to help people be freed up from imprisonment. And these lower vibrations are imprisoning people and the fear in being angry. I mean, I had this conversation today with somebody whose life force has been has been drained out through a friend. I, and she said, oh, but, you know, I, I, I was trying to help her say, fuck you. She's like, oh, but I just, you know, ever since I was young, I just never wanted to be unkind. I didn't want people to see me as ruined rude or mean or you know and and i'm ranting and raving fuck you fuck you fuck you if you don't say fuck you to her because it's not helping her and it's not helping you and she had such a hard time with this because she wants to be good and we have this belief that's put in on top of us like prison bars that say you need to be good and being good looks like this it looks like not making a scene not raising your voice, not having boundaries, saying yes when you want to say no and when everything in your gut says, oh, fuck, this is not what I want to do. That has to be broken. So this uh, part of the work of the absolvers is in dispelling um, 
spells, literally breaking curses. And, you know, there's a whole, you know, there's, if you say the word curse or spell, you know, people get all kinds of connotations about what that means. Just like when you say the word shaman, there's all kinds of thoughts and beliefs around that. A curse and a spell is any any negative thought or word that that uh, a person can do to somebody else. But when you say fuck you, it's not cursing them. It's literally breaking a curse that's already there. It's like a shot of lightning, like a thunder and lightning storm that just clears all the energy and there's this downpour of rain and then you have this beautiful, beautiful, fresh smell like the 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 air and the energy in the desert is just so gorgeous after a lightning storm and a rainstorm and a thunderstorm because all that's been dispelled. Then there's real peace. But before that, there's this like antagonistic, electric, disturbing kind of sensation and I, it's one of one of my one of my missions in life is to help people say "fuck you." That's that's awesome. We actually have some folks we've been trying to get on the show for a while that have a whole thing. It's uh, the fuck it life. Fuck it. Fuck it. And um, yeah. that they suddenly realized that the ultimate spiritual discipline was fuck it. Fuck it. And uh, you know, well, what about this stuff? I ah, yeah, fuck that. <clears throat> and, yeah. So, and it's not. I think a lot of people think that that's probably what it is. Is it, you know, by target life is to just forget stuff and avoid stuff, and that's not it at all. Yeah, and I would I would even say fuck that. Not just fuck it, but fuck that. Like that's not okay, and that's not okay, and that's not okay. Fuck that, and I'll, that gets me a little a lot closer to what I want by saying, nope, not that, not that, not that. What's amazing for me is when I stood up to people I absolutely love and adore and said, fuck you. And, of course, I, you know, these are relationships that are built on years of love and positive exchange. Everything changed. There were financial drains. There were all kinds of things going on. And then immediately, like, I would have clients come into my life that would say, you know, one would say, you know, I would do work on her for several hours, and she'd write me a check for $1,000. Another one say, you know, uh, I'm coming to see you and I know your work and I'm willing to pay you $5,000 a day to work with me. And, you know, and I had a, you know, I had a prediction from another, from another very, very intuitive person years back. And he said, you know, you're going to be doing work that people will pay you $10,000 a weekend for. And I said, get the fuck out of here. I mean, come on. You're, you know, you're being ridiculous. How could I, you know, and I'm thinking about the people around me who don't really have money. And I said, what could I possibly do that would be of that value to somebody? And it's taken me years and years, and I finally know it now. And part of it is helping people to just face what they feel and being honest about that. And then you can get to the solution because there's a ton of creativity in the solution. But people are not feeling creative because they're feeling repressed and oppressed and angry. About a lot of things. A lot of things. So, Gene, I would love to hear your story. <laughs> oh, which one? Um, well, actually, it's which one? It's actually really interesting that you brought this up, and I'm willing to talk about it on the air. This has been something that Shauna's been 
working with me on, actually, since she moved in, because I was raised in a house that had a lot of yelling, screaming, name-calling, and then my marriage was pretty much seven years of the same thing. So I've gone the exact opposite way now, and I'll, rather than engage in a confrontational conversation, mm-hmm. I'll bite my tongue and walk away. And Shauna's been working on getting me to really just say, fuck you, instead, instead of swallowing my shit. And she's been working on trying to, you know, she's trying to teach me that sometimes it's okay to express anger when your intention is not to hurt somebody else, but rather to just simply express and and release that that emotion rather than bottling up. So it's interesting that you uh, brought that up tonight right off the hop because that's been something that's been frequently being discussed around here lately. First off, well done, Shauna. You are brilliant. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Go, I mean, Shauna. I'm just sitting here listening to you talk, and I feel like it's I'm just talking to myself and <laughs> listening to myself, talking to myself with all these fuck yous and fuck it and fuck that shit. And <laughs> yeah, fucking right. <laughs> so this, you know, in this, this is exactly this, uh, you know, I hear this over and over with people. They either were taught, in, they either grew up in a house where it was never allowed and, um, you know, swearing was really, really bad, or it was abusive and there was all kinds of stuff and so flying around. So they say, oh, I don't want to be that because their impression of that when you, is that that's harmful and hurtful. And this is very, very different than saying, you know, you fucking loser, you fuck, you know, like, you know, um, really, really imposing punishment and all kinds of negative energy like that on a person. This is this is not intended to say, you know, to go off on this whole rant towards harming somebody. It's about claiming your own power and saying this is not okay, having really good boundaries. But there are times of course where you cannot do that because if you're if you've got a maniac in front of you, there's no way. You have to you have to just be calm. You have to have the sense to be able to back away. And then when you get in a safe area, you say, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not going there. But particularly when you're in ceremony and particularly when you're by yourself and you are doing your work around this, literally going through a process in my classes, what we do is a process of literally vacuuming out all this trauma that's stored in a person's auric field. So anytime, like in, in your case, Jean, from the time we're young, we have these traumatic things that happen to us, and everybody has this happen to us. And in most cases, they they get stored in our or In all cases, there there's a storage there of all that information. If a person is very, very peaceful and they just let it go right through them and it doesn't bother them at all because they go, they might say, oh, look at them. They're... They're ranting and raving. How interesting. You know, like maybe you've, maybe you envision like Eckhart Tolle or Adi Ashanti. Adi Ashanti uh, gave a great talk and he said, you know, when he was very young, he, I can't remember his age, maybe it was seven or nine or something like that. He was looking at he was looking at his parents and grown-ups around him and he realized that adults were insane. And so he just said, oh, okay, you know, most most people are insane. Okay, I get that. And so he would like not really take it personally. It didn't really, you know, it, it, 
things that happened around him didn't feel abusive to him because he got that it was just sort of nuts. But the average person is not able to do that. They start taking it upon themselves and they say, oh, I was bad. I was wrong. I, you know, I, I, my parents are right. I never, I, you know, I never get my homework done. I'm always late for school and all those kinds of thoughts. And those become programs. And that creates more of the same and more of the same and more of the same. You know, people are 60 years old and still feeling guilty about showing up late at a party because they got yelled at for being late for school. And, you know, as though they're bad people instead of saying, hey, you know, I'm I'm there when I'm there. That's that. Fuck you if you don't like when I show up. It's and it, about- it's true. I mean, some of the things that I, you know, she pointed out, same things that my, my husband now pointed out is that I, I tend to say sorry for everything. Mm-hmm. And that's because for 20-some for years of my life, almost 27 years of my life, I was constantly having to apologize just to keep the peace. You know what I mean? Like, that's literally how I had to live in order, if be it from my mother or my husband, it was one or the other. I had to constantly keep the peace and, and accommodate their mood swings. And mm-hmm. it's so, you know, it's, it's been a progression. And, and my, my husband now has been working on it with me for, like, the last few years it's one of his things like don't stop stop saying you're sorry stop and now sean is saying it too because now i do it to her i won't do it to him anymore but i do it to her and say and she's she'll look at me and what are you sorry for so i can go into my mind and wait a minute there's nothing for me to be sorry for this is a habit this is something that i'm doing it's it's a self-defense mechanism but i'm in a safe zone here so i don't need the self-defense so i have to like Consciously you, pay attention to what I'm saying. You, you show it too, and you'll say, "Well, we'll meet for coffee or whatever," and you say, "Well, I've just got a horrible headache," and I'll say, "I'm sorry," and you'll go, "You didn't do it." And I know. I, almost, I, I, I just have to explain myself in that. Yeah, I know I didn't do it. I just would prefer you didn't have a headache. So I'm sorry that your head aches, but I'm not implying my guilt here. <laughs> Let's get clear on that. And it's. Yeah, because no, that, and that comes up too yourself. because I, I... You're telling yourself by telling me it, you didn't do it. Absolutely. Well, it comes up too, Rick, like that, because Shauna had hurt her leg, and I said, I'm sorry, and she said, what are you sorry for? I said, I'm I'm just, you know, I'm sorry that you hurt your leg. It's not, I didn't do it. I'm not apologizing for an action that caused you to hurt your leg. I'm just, it sucks that you hurt your leg kind of thing. And But if you use that word for both meanings, then it kind of... It confuses. It confuses the meaning of the word, and so it's something that I'm I'm trying to be more conscious of. Well, my thing on I'm even just saying, oh, I'm sorry, your head hurts, or I'm sorry that you hurt your leg. I can't even personally go there because that's like for me saying to someone that it's like, oh, it sucks that you're feeling this aspect of humanity. No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't fucking suck. You did this to yourself. You wanted to have a headache. You got a headache. Good for you. You wanted to smash your legs, you smash your leg. Good for you. Like, cool. And and how does that feel? Does that feel shitty? Cool. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. But, I mean, I can't even go to the place of saying, oh, I'm sorry that it hurts for you because I'm, cause I'm not. Like, I don't see anything wrong with pain. And especially if, for me personally, when I hurt my leg, I wasn't crying. I wasn't sad. I just went to the freezer and grabbed some ice. <laughs> 
So I think it's just a, a, a self-responsibility thing. I feel that I'm always responsible for myself and only for myself, and I can't go to a place anymore of even feeling sorry for someone who's feeling pain because I know that they're fully responsible for their experience as well. That's me, though. So. Yeah. There, uh, I, on this subject, I would I would love – there's, there's uh, an aspect of this that I would love to address, too, and I – I love that you're saying that. That's that's like, you know, stepping out of the matrix and really seeing that we're all in here playing these roles and 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 creating and co-creating. There is an aspect, however, when I'm working with a client who is really in pain. And when a person and they're in pain and they cannot see that. If I were to say, you know, you know, you need to take accountability for the fact that you're suffering. That's not helpful to them at all. So, oh, of course not. And, and thank you for saying that. <laughs> that was going to be my response for dealing with because I've dealt with long-term pain for so long that my immediate response to something like she just said is to say there there are moments when you have to feel compassion for somebody else's suffering because they aren't aware that they're in control of it. Yeah. So I'd like yes, to... And, uh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, just uh, to get back to to that point, I I, I get that um, contrast in discussion a lot when I say things like that. But for me, I was not able to get to the point of I'm responsible for myself and you're responsible for yourself until I could separate my empathy because I was consistently feeling everyone else's pain and not even aware of what my own was. Um, so it took me to be so empathetic, to be feeling everyone else's shit, for me to say, no, wait, hold on, this is mine and this is yours, and I made mine and I can only handle mine while I'm still aware and feeling yours, mine is the thing that i got to be responsible for. And so if you're responsible for your thing and I'm responsible for mine, we can do that together and be compassionate for each other um, in those instances. And maybe not at the same time, like you said, if someone's uh, unaware of the pain that they're in, my experience, I say, yeah, I, I get that. I feel that. That's really sucks. That that sucks. I've been there. Yeah, there's the. Uh, it's mine, yours, and God's. And mm-hmm. and on the other, there's another way of saying that is there's the known and the unknown and the unknowable. So there's always a, an aspect that we can't possibly know and that's out of out of our range and that we can't have any control over whatsoever. But there was, you know, I had a really beautiful gift happen to me by, uh, I have a, a friend by the name of Doug Gaddy, who's just a, a, an amazing, an amazing healing force. And he owns um, a record store in in Colorado. Anyway, uh, years ago, I I was experiencing something really painful. And uh, it was, a you know, a sense of betrayal by uh, by a man in my life. And he came up and put his arms around me and he just, he gazed into my eyes and he just said, I am so sorry on behalf of all men. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I could feel how he literally, he became the ambassador and representing all men and all humanity saying, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. You deserve something so much better. It was such a beautiful gift to me, and I just cried and cried and cried. And just being acknowledged like that, it just changed everything. So, you know, I've 
I've done that for many, many people, for women, you know, on on behalf of humanity, on behalf of men, on behalf of women, on behalf of mothers and daughters and all of that. We all have the ability to, when we are in alignment with who we are, when that really happens, when we have an experience, even if we don't have this full experience, but just, you know, cognitively, if we have an experience where we can't tell the difference between where we end and the rest of the world begins, we literally can speak on behalf of God, on behalf of women or men or humanity or life, on behalf of life. I'm really sorry that you're hurting. You've you've been through a really, really awful thing, and it's amazing the courage that you have as a human being to to, to dive so deep into the angst of humanity and take that on and transform it into something better. And that way, it gives people encouragement, and and they go, oh, I'm not just a victim. Oh, there's some sense and reason here. I must have dived into this for a really cool reason. And then they start to get their power back, and then they can start to see, wow, I'm masterful. Look what I created. And then it gets really exciting. But when they're in that place, when they're hurting, and they feel like a victim, there is nothing better than saying fuck you. And I had a friend who said, you know, one good fuck you is 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 worth is better than a thousand goddammits. <laughs> because the god really, is is like very it's still a victim. It's like, oh god damn it, this happened to me. And when you say fuck you, nothing's happening to me. I'm saying stop. The stop, you know, I'm the the power of that is like okay planet earth you can stop spinning right now I'm going to step off for a second and just check this out cuz I don't think I like the way I don't think I like where this is spinning <laughs> I'm going to make a change <laughs> Well very empowering You started with uh you know the the Phoenix Yuma thing so just to go back to Abraham's vibrational scale or emotional scale uh powerlessness is at the bottom Mm-hmm. And that's generally what depression and there's nothing I can do about it and oh woe was me. That's pretty powerless because you don't. If if you knew you had power to do something about it, you wouldn't say oh woe is me. You'd be doing something about it. Yeah. And um, and so people that are there up the vibrational scale, not to again this whole up down good bad thing, but mm-hmm. higher vibration rate is the the very next stop. Up the chart is revenge, and then up from that even is anger. You got to get revenge, and then rage, and then anger's up there, way up there. Anger's really kind of nice compared to powerlessness. And <laughs> because you're depressed, you're powerlessness. You just don't feel nothing, and then you finally you've had it with something. Most people have had this experience in their human trails, and then you just finally whatever it is, and it may be something totally minor that. You know, later you're going to be like, yeah, I have no earthly idea why I got angry at you, but I did. Uh, because somebody, you know, I don't know, dropped a paper clip and you just. <laughs> but you, you have to, when you look back at that, you have to, but you were breathing and you were moving and you felt like there was some power flowing through you when right before that you didn't. So it it, it sounds weird to say it, but anger can be a very positive thing depending on where the person is. Oh, very positive, very positive. And even, you know, even revenge, um, just the fact that you could have the thought of, uh, that is empowerment to go, wow, I, 
yeah, I could fo- I could totally fucking take them out if I wanted to. Oh, Nobody, I wouldn't even I get caught. I'd get that motherfucker over there. <laughs> <laughs> when you know you could do it, you know, real power is knowing that you can do it and you choose light and you choose not to do that. But if you don't know, that, if you feel like you're powerless and you're always going to, you know, suffer at the hands of somebody else and there's nothing you can do about it, that's awful. That's imprisonment. And that sense of imprisonment affects every detail of our life. And that sense of freedom affects every detail of our life. When we have, you know, real freedom because we know we could take revenge. We could fucking make somebody hurt because we know, we know what would hurt them. We could, we could do that. It feels good. It feels good to go, yeah. I could ruin that person's life. I've got so much dirt on them, I could just destroy them. It feels so good to say that and know that and then go, you know what, I'm better than uh, that. I think I'll go get a soda, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. but, but, to, but, but for people who won't acknowledge that that feels good, fuck you. Right. Well, and by, yeah. again, by comparison, it's... Sort of like Shauna, sort of like I want to say to to Shauna about the you know I can't even get sorry for the fact that they're in pain because that's their that's their thing. I I certainly wouldn't want to take anyone's pain away from them because they're there because they got there on purpose, and so they're gonna get out on purpose and and that's cool. But I wish that they didn't have to do it that way. You can learn things without having to be in pain. Uh, and and I suppose maybe that's my own apologies to myself over all the pain I put myself through. Um, and uh, but real compassion is not such. You know, we 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 hear about compassion, and it always comes in the form of, or or, or most definitions come in the form of being sorry for someone's condition or feeling for somebody's poor condition. Compassion to me, that's not compassion. Compassion is. What do you do when the person's in generally great shape and they, you know, well, I don't know. You go, yeah, fuck you. You can do that. You've been, you've done bigger than that. Go get, get on. That is how to be compassionate to that person. Yeah. Someone who is in a powerless place, compassionate is, gosh, I'm sorry. That sucks. Don't you want to just kick their ass, <laughs> you know, and, and see, can you lead them up the bunny trail towards bunnies and rainbows but you know right. it's ugly between if you start off in ugly there may be some more ugly you got to march through before you can get out and so it's a compassion is is, is as variable as wherever the person that you're in, you're dealing with is exactly uh, exactly and in order for me when i'm doing my work my my goal is to empty out and just be zero and just be with them to just merge with them and see you know where that stuckness is and oftentimes you know i'm getting angry for them because they're you know hurting so much that they don't even know how to get angry my my favorite example of of the power of this is i had a client several years ago and her, I mean, I, I don't know anybody whose life sucked more than hers. Um, first off, her husband committed suicide um, right at, uh, right in between Christmas and New Year's. 
two years later, her daughter, she had a daughter and a son. The son was sort of a troubled, you know, he was kind of, uh, you know, doing drugs and kind of, you know, a little bit troubled. Her daughter was like, you know, just her, the love of her life. And her daughter uh, takes a bullet, carves her father's initials into the bullet and takes her life in the same way two years later. So here she was, lost her husband and her daughter, and and she all she had left was her son, and he was he was having a difficult time. So when she ended up in my healing room, she I don't even know how she was able to drive herself there. She was in so much pain, and I did all kinds of shamanic healing work with her and massaged her for. Dozens and dozens of hours, hours and hours and hours, and she just cried and cried and cried. And we would do these ceremonies, and I, you know, in order to move the energy, I would say, you know, that fucking husband of hers. And what she didn't want to admit was that when her husband died, she felt relief, and that was really hard for her to face because her husband had been depressed for years, and he just his energy was so heavy. And while it was an awful experience. She also felt the guilt that she felt relieved that he was finally gone and maybe she could get on with her life. But the anger that she had in when her daughter died that her husband taught her daughter that that's the way out. When things when life isn't going well, just take your life. There was so much rage in there. She had such a difficult time um accessing it so we would do these fire ceremonies and we'd get burnable objects like a stick and then just blow our energy into the stick and put it in the fire and let the fire help pull that energy out and help you know help pull the heaviness out of our auric field and chakras and all that you know and we'd we'd get at the fire and she'd take and she'd be crying and she'd 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 kind of blow into the stick and she'd say damn you how how why did you do this to me you know it's like very very victim you know and i'm you know i'm going oh my god that's all you've got and i was <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs fuck you you fucking piece of shit you know and just on and on and on both of us and it took her a long time and but you know she could keep coming to the classes and we keep doing the work and that and then I remember at one point she she came she came back about six months later and and did the class again and she showed up she looked like Little Miss Hollywood she had like sparkly sunglasses and she was kind of decked out and she had her rattle there and she's like fuck you all we're getting started you know like she, she was like amazing amazing powerful woman she went to Peru twice she moved to Egypt she's teaching English in Egypt. She's travel and her her son finally like her her son like really got it together. Married this beautiful woman. They took uh, they took her with them on their honeymoon. Traveled all over Europe, and they I mean things have just really turned around. And she's like this amazing, powerful woman. And I'm gonna say one of the most important aspects was saying fuck you. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't have got it back without it. Yeah. And it's. It's that part where, you know, we all get this, you know, okay, well, we should, we, we have uh, guilt. That's a judgment. Look, you can't judge any of your emotions. You just can't. you got to quit that. So 
somebody dies, you feel relief. Don't get guilty about that. That's okay. You know, because it is what it is, mm -hmm. right? You know, if it was a big bear standing in front of you, it's easy to say, yeah, it's a big bear in front of me. So after I <clears throat> figure a way out of this, I'm going to need new clothes. But uh, <laughs> uh, but it's harder when it's an emotion. But, but you know, something happens and you feel, you know, somebody dies and you feel relief. Well, but society says that's not okay. Or your religion says that's not okay. Or your mother, brother, sister, town hall idiot. Somebody says that's not okay and you believe them. So you, that emotion and that response and that piece of you just gets denied, judged, and shoved into a corner somewhere. Right. And um, I did a lot of that when I was first on you know, the first consciously on the path to sort of waking up was, you know, oh, no, I shouldn't feel like that. That's got to be some garbage from somewhere. And true or not, and, and, and possibly it is true, we process all that out, we'll never be angry. I, I, I don't think so, <laughs> but but maybe that's possible. Um, but until then, it is what it is. So you got to deal with it where it is. You can't make it – you can't take – anger and make it into bunnies and rainbows and then process it. Exactly. It's, it's anger. You know, I mean, the dog pooped on the floor. You can't clean up flower water. you got to clean up the poop, you know, and <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. And, and, and it, that took a long time for me to get to the it is what it is, whatever, you know, whether it's emotion or whatever it is, you know. Gee, I want to go see, go visit so and so, and I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm throwing up. What? <laughs> okay, there's probably something there. Right. Um, another beautiful thing: this, these principles apply to time travel and interdimensional travel, literally. Because if you, if the emotions in your body are in one place and your head is another place, and saying uh, it's not that, I'm going to deny what's there. You're literally separating yourself out. And if you want to travel anywhere, if you really want to, let's say, do some you know, astral projection or you want to go to another planet or another time and space, backwards in time, forwards in time, or to another realm, to one of the other multidimensional lives that we're living or multidimensional aspects of us, it's impossible to get there if there are pieces of you scattered all over the place, but if you are in alignment with whatever the truth is without any judgment and you literally just move that energy and then there are specific techniques that a person can do to travel to all those other realms and then you go, oh, that's why I, I, I that's why I get so enraged every time that person walks in the room because, yeah, you know, I'm able to travel to the time or the place that I had this negative interaction and now I go, oh, that's what that was. Okay. I can just say, well, fuck you, and then, and then I'm fine. It's but very this, yeah, <laughs> these, these techniques are. I mean, they're very, very exciting principles that can be um, downloaded into a person and experiences of, of uh, profound miracles when they can just be in alignment with who they are, what they feel, because. Because we're multidimensional, there are so many aspects of us. It's not all of us that is hating our neighbor, for example. But, you know, the part of us that's not in a body, you know, that part of us doesn't care what's happening with the neighbor. It's it's the part of us that's right here. 
but the but the part of us that's right here that's saying I can't believe that fucker did that to me again that moving through that energy gets us in alignment to feeling like oh wow okay now I have access to these higher aspects of me I see this that that's what's happening and this is why it's happening that all comes available with just being present with what is in the moment and it gets to be very exciting about you know when it comes to time travel literally time travel and um, well the whole thing the the law of attraction you gotta you know they talk about you don't want to order it when you're on the sixth floor and then go back down and hang out in the lobby because you're it won't ever get delivered to you because it got delivered up on the sixth floor and you weren't there so they took it back it it and the we don't ascend parts of people. Mm-hmm. Whole beings ascend. That's it. You yeah. you got to be a whole. You show up at the door to the fifth dimension. You got to all of you be there. Yeah. Because the door to yeah. the fifth dimension is not going to assist you in splitting yourself farther apart. That's like uh, the buck stops here type thing, and 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 that's where that you know. You can't bump your head up against it and just, okay, I'm going to have an ascended head, but, you know, these nerve-damaged legs, they shouldn't feel like this. They should be better already. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like judgment to me. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And and, and it, 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 it is this, this continual integration of, of, and it's not just the integration of the, I was once an angel in a celestial choir. I was also a Nasty little bastard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> Work it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's like a lightning bolt in the desert. It is. Thunderstorm and a rainstorm. And and you know, it's you know, when you it, it's it's amazing how if you really pay attention to nature, nature shows us everything. When those when that electric energy starts building up and the lightning and the the lightning is the electric energy. The thunder is those fuck yous. And then the downpour is all the tears, the grief. The You know, if we look at the human body is exactly the same. And what's really fascinating, I've discovered, you know, as a massage therapist and healer, too, is looking at um, how the body begins to shake when we're... When we're, if let's say we're screaming at the top of our lungs, fuck you, you motherfucker, and we're so angry, and then right after that, the tears come, and we, and our, our, we start shaking and sobbing, just sobbing uncontrollably. Our whole body shakes because it's that lower vibration frequency that's literally being um, shaken from every cell of our body and being pushed up and out. And when we get depressed and repressed, we're not really doing much crying. We're and it's it's so disempowered that it's just like very skimming off a tiny little layer off the surface of the cells and moving it out, but not much. But when we can get ourselves angry, let ourselves get angry and have the tears together, the shaking that happens in the body, just the shaking like if you're shaking your finger, like fuck you, motherfucker. I mean, there's such power with that. It literally is cleansing cleansing us on a literal cellular level, and it's affecting our DNA. And that cleansing takes place so that the DNA that's, that is affected by vibration and emotions can create from a new place. The, you know, people say, well, don't get angry because they're fearful that, oh, my DNA is going to be recreated from this place of anger. No, it's not, because if you get angry enough, 
you shoot it, um, you dispel it, and then what's left is like this clear slate, and then our new cells get get created from that place of uh, clarity. It's it's just absolutely remarkable how this happens. Oh. And who knew if you who knew if you if you you could cure cancer, you could you, know, you could have all kinds of healing happen by just getting angry. Even angry that you're sick and angry that you're hurt and if that's what's there, it's you know, be with that and channel it in some way. Get out a fucking paintbrush or write a book with it or or, you know, call your senator or <laughs> Well, how many peaceful, pleasant poets do you know that write some really nasty dark poetry? <laughs> well, that's how they got that out. Thankfully, they didn't get it spill it on me as good as they were getting it out, but you know, good for them. In the past, they probably would have, I don't know, gone to a movie theater, shot a bunch of people. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is a reflection. But see, the reason that, that happens is because they didn't dispel it much sooner. They let it build up right. and build up and build up. And that's why those things happen because, you know, we say, oh, I'd never do something like that. But it gets repressed, just, you know, it just comes to a certain point. It's like if you're eating food and you just keep eating and eating and eating, your body will shut down. You know, you can only do so much, and, it, you, you know, you you can kill yourself eating. Sure. So, you know, we we have to stop and sit on the toilet. <laughs> well, and, and it, it it's not... If you were going to rep- repress an emotion and have to carry it around with you forever... <clears throat> Is it the anger that you'd want to stuff down in the bag, or the bunny and rainbow day? <laughs> you know, if you're gonna, I don't want you to do any, and you know that because by the time you get up to bunnies and rainbows, but you know, at least could we unpack the anger and put something else in there? Because your bag's full of anger. I can't give you anything else. You're all full, and that's really kind of the way it is. You don't have room for any of it. Of it. it it's why you can't be, you know, from the top end of the spectrum, and somebody's like. Oh, look at that piece of plastic on the ground, and you're like wanting to tell them, yeah, but did you see that eagle up there? Look how beautiful that is. They're like, I, I don't care about that. Look at this. Mm-hmm. And really, if you kind of step back from that for a minute, that's kind of – there isn't the opportunity to choose something that feels good to look at. Not always the case, but in that moment, in that example, there's the opportunity to choose something that feels good. So and that will you, naturally happen. Yes, but you've got to be willing to go there with the first part, or you can't even see that the second part exists. Exactly. And I would like to just, uh, I'd like to talk just for a minute about the physical manifestations of what that looks like in the in the in the body with the lower chakras. You know, with awesome. uh, um, uh, people who I I have a one of my clients I'm working with. She's a woman who just sort of flits around all over the place, and she's very beautiful, but she hasn't figured out how to make money, and she hasn't figured, but she just sort of, you know, she flits around a lot, and it's because she doesn't have any roots, and because of, her, of the damage that's been that has taken place to her lower chakras, so that's, you know, we're doing a lot of work around there, and, you know, it's very interesting in one of the classes that she did with me. Um, she, she 
finally she got to a point where she was just seething and she's like, oh, she's just sweet and loving and happy and people just think of her so bright and happy. And and she reached a point in that class where she she was seething, I mean seething, and she said, I hate her. And, uh, <laughs> you know, she was referring to someone in her life and who taught her from the time she was very young and you know, I said, good, stay with it, hate her, fucking hate her, that fucking bitch ruined your life, hate, 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 and, you know, most, you know, most healers and most people, they'll go, God, what is this mad woman, what else? How could you say that to a client? (laughs) You know? You're supposed to be making them feel better. (laughs) Yeah. And there was another woman in class, and she'd be all kind of, she'd giggle, and she'd say, oh, I'm just kind of irritated because so-and-so said this one word. It kind of bugs me. And I said, fucking get in there and do something about it. And I just kept, you know, stay with it. And then, oh, my God, you know, like they'd be lying down, and, the you know, there'd be this, you know, this whole group clearing. You know, people would partner up, and the people who were the clients breathing through, having their chakras vacuumed out and cleared you know, they. I'd be like, you know, I'd kind of get up there close to their ear and whisper, hate her. You know, she fucking ruined your life. And, you know, the client's breathing in going, fuck, she did. And then just seethe. And it was amazing. Literally, you know, one of the things I do, I'm reading the, a person's auric field, and I can literally see this darkness and this heaviness and this pain coming up and out of their field. And, you know, there's a technique that we use to, to just clear it so it doesn't, you know, affect anybody else either. But one of the things that's very interesting to me is that the people feel very fearful about when when a person, let's say there's a group of people together and a couple of them are feeling hateful and angry and the other ones are kind of like, you know, putting their hands up, protecting their face and saying, you know, looking away like, I don't, I don't want any of that negativity to get on me. Or somebody might say, well, I don't want any of that negativity in my space and I better not have anybody, you know, spewing off negativity in my house or because there's this fear. So what I want to explain about energy medicine is it, it it's the same thing. These heavier energies are the same thing as the way we, we have food garbage, like the peelings to our cucumbers and so forth. We put it in the ground and Mother Earth will break it down and create something beautiful and new with it. It's the same thing with these energetics. When they get dispelled, when they get released from us, Nature takes care of it. Mother Earth takes care of it. The spirit, all the other elements and the archetypal energies, it, it gets dispelled. The only way it sticks to a person or a place is if there's already an imprint like that that they get triggered by and it and they and what's inside of them comes up and gets triggered. It has nothing to do with the other person's angst. So, you know, like for example, Gene, when you're, you know, when you're learning to say "fuck you," you know, if, if that person is triggered, it's their stuff; it's not yours. So you don't have to worry about it. You're just really claiming your territory, or you're expressing your feelings. And the most beautiful thing that we can do for another person is allow them to have their tantrum. I mean, we when we have a soul loss, and we've all experienced many soul losses throughout our lives, but even a simple thing of, you know, when we were three years old and we wanted a popsicle and we really wanted that popsicle and our taste buds were all set to have that popsicle and then 
we had to leave and we didn't get that popsicle and we just wanted to lay on the ground and kick and scream and punch the cupboards and ball and sob and throw toys and express that. As children, we know that we need to do something to express that, but what happens is we get punished. The parents say, don't you dare. For, you the, ex- for the expression. We've, we've yeah, had a crappy, you can't have your popsicle, and now they won't let us have our release. Yeah, they won't let us have our tantrum. And we're constantly told that, you know, the thing is, each one of us, we are created as this beautiful seed. And that seed is going to grow up to be something, a beautiful ear of corn, a big, beautiful flower, or, you know, tomatoes, or fruit, or peaches, or, you know, the seed that is us is going to grow into whatever it was created to to grow into. And all we need is the proper environment, the proper nourishment. We need to have roots. We need to have a foundation of nourishment. We need to to be watered and nourished through positive interactions. And we need sunlight uh, of inspiration, something to to want us to, to push through the darkness of the ground and reach upward for that light. And have some have goals to go towards that that feel really good for us, but for, when a parent or society comes along and says, "Okay, and I want you to grow, but don't you dare turn into an ear of corn because I planted you to be string beans." Like, well, I don't have, I wasn't created to be string beans. I was created to be an ear of corn, whatever that is. And, you know, when I look at the disrespect that that parental figures have towards trying to make their children or, you know, other people something that they're not. All yeah. all anybody needs is to be nourished for who they are. And if they and the greatest gift we can ever give anybody is to allow them to have a tantrum of any kind. Let them kick and scream and curse and swear and sob and hold space for them and love them, hold them if they want to be held Stand on the corner so you don't get hurt if that's what they need. You know. Hey, I I I know some friends that have a room in the house that's the tantrum room. Oh, that's it's, fantastic! It's the screaming room, and there's nothing in there. You can't hurt anything in there. Hopefully, can't hurt yourself much. And uh, it's a small space, and you just you know you're going to scream and yell and kick and whatever. Go in there, and the kids don't ever go in there and stay in there. You know, forever. But it, it, it it's uh, tantrums can be good. Fire, anger can be good. Fire can be good. Um, yeah. We've we've pushed right through our first hour, so uh, let's take a short break. Uh, beautiful time to bring in Inabi's song, Firebird, <clears throat> because that is, after all. Uh, talking about one of your folks that would like to go. The Phoenix energy is fire. It's destructive, but it only burns up what's not you. you exactly. And you're so you're lighter, so you fly away. Um, and uh, then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Peru when we come back. How about okay. that? Awesome. Awesome. So uh, this is our friend Ina V with Firebird. We'll be back in about uh, three and a half minutes. Stay with us, folks.
Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our friend Ina V. Uh, please go visit her on the web at www.inav. That's E-N-A-V-I-E dot com. Uh, she has another song that we play often, entitled Earth Prayer, and she does amazing philanthropic work with the money from that uh, uh, that goes right in line with Earth Healing and uh, the thing you do after you finish being angry about what's going on with Mother Earth. Um, so Peru would go and um, I know that uh, there's the tour and this and that but there are also shamanic ceremonies that uh, are, can be part of these deals and I'm just curious are there are the really quiet always always friendly always nice uh, light workers are they the ones that have the biggest purging they're generally the ones that uh, I I heard one woman say in one of my trips I had my ass in the air for four hours she had diarrhea that didn't stop she had she was throwing up everything was coming out from every end 
And she realized that that's part of what the medicine was telling her to stop being such a little priss, you know, just get in there and, and face life and, and uh, be authentic. She hadn't been authentic. And so it, you know, that was the effect that the medicine had on her. She just, it was a nonstop diarrhea fest. Well, you end up with lots of stinky stuff inside if, you know, that's that. Wayne Dyer, you know, when you squeeze a lemon, you get lemon juice because that's what's inside, you know. And um, right, uh, you know, because then there's we squeeze like, a human, you get sick because we're full of shit. Uh, yeah, often the case, but you know, then there's cases like uh, Ram Das who went, you know, famously to uh, India and he found his uh, guru of the of the classic sense, not the get-off-my-planet sense, guru. And um, uh, Ram Das had been at Harvard. He'd been with, there with Timothy Leary, and the LSD was all the thing. And they were, Ram Das was basically telling everybody in India, yeah, that's awesome, because I can do that, I do that. All you have to do is take some LSD, and you, you get that expand. And, well, that's what I've been. And so they were on that that these entheogenics or whatever's the word they made up to mean uh, indigenous hallucinogens um, could be a doorway to finding yourself and and all of that and so anyway fine, he's been there for months and this guy that became his guru uh, finally said where is this stuff and Ram Dass got his pill bottle out and I mean, because he, he was a Harvard researcher, he was part of the project. He had papers that allowed him to carry this, you know, laboratory grade medicinal LSD all over the world. And uh, so he got the bottle out and, and and handed it to the guy. And the guy opened the bottle and poured the pills out in his hand. It's all of them that had been in the bottle. And uh, Ramdas said, "Well, now, 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 wait. Those are really strong. Those are, you know." I've been in the program for a while, and I only take one of those. And his guy just started taking them one at a time and putting them in his mouth. He took them all. And Ramdas said, we talked, and I sat there and watched him and listened to him and, and talked with him for hours, waiting. You know, Ramdas was waiting for this change. When was this stuff going to hit him? And he never changed. He just, you know, it was like it, like he took you know, sugar pills and uh, reverse placebo effect, I guess you could call it. <laughs> and and I would say it was because he had used the stuff to figure out how to, he didn't use that stuff, but you can use that stuff to figure out how to get to a state. But the idea is then to get to that state all on your own. And that was what I think he was trying to demonstrate was, yeah, I don't have to take your stuff. I'm already there. I'm here. Come over here, <laughs> you know, and uh, but there is there can be tremendous amounts of you know so with him not so much the squeezing in the you get shit because that's what's inside, um, <laughs> because he had but but through his journey up to get to that point, you know, he had to deal with a lot of shit because we've all we've all got it you know I was. Expressing your emotions and who you are was not permitted in my household unless it was 
certain emotions and certain expressions at certain times with certain people, you know, you had to take into account your entire environment before you knew how you were supposed to behave. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, just thinking about it now, that's, that is a huge amount of calculation, thinking, and figuring out to try to figure out how to be so that you don't, you know, come on, you're a tiny human, and all these six-foot-tall humans around you are telling you, you better. Yeah, well, that'll put the fear of humans in you. Mm-hmm. And and survival instinct eventually must kick in, and you got to do those things. But so, if you've been, if you've lived through that, and the worse it was, probably the more of it there may be in there. You got to get that out somehow, and it's not going to come out as bunnies and rainbows. So, how would going to Peru perhaps help somebody that wants to find and deal with stuff that they don't know that they've got? Maybe even. Well, I love that you brought up Ram Das because Ram Das um, is the person who really, I would say, one of the key people who really launched me on my path many years ago when I was um, a, a Zen student for 17 years and going through really, really difficult times and didn't realize until later that I was in a cult-type situation. But I would listen to CDs and, you know, listen to talks by Ram Dass, Marianne Williamson, and Stephen Levine. And it got me through, I mean, times when I was really suicidal and just really, really doing just some of the deepest, most painful work of my life. He 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 got me through. So I, uh, then I heard he had a stroke, and the word on the street was that he would probably die anytime soon. And, you know, I just thought, wow, I just, oh, my gosh, couldn't believe it. And, So, you know, I moved, I started my life over, and I'd open up a tricycle magazine one time, and there he is. He's After his stroke, he's back on tour again. And I, all I wanted to do in my life was to find that man and tell him in person, thank you for saving my life. Thank you for putting out these amazing CDs that got me through a really difficult time. So I found out he was going to be in Sedona at a prophet's conference. Um, and so it took me a long time to even build up, you know, the strength to say, oh, I could go to a prophet's conference because I couldn't, even at the time, I couldn't even grasp. I thought it was just for people who were prophets, you know. <laughs> so it was, you know, when I look at where I was to where I am, it's just, it's so dramatic. I went there and met him in person and just said, you know, thank you. You saved my life. And while I was there, I met Alberto Violdo, who, um, his school is the Healing the Light Body School of Four Winds. And I graduated from that program and went to Peru and then studied with many other people along the way, many other shamans and healers. And and uh, then be, and then I met the former head archaeologist of, of Machu Picchu, and, and now he's my guide. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I have developed my own my own thing since that time but I you know I I thank you for bringing in Ram Das because he's an amazing an amazing being. Mm. The other thing that I want to share is that you know back then I was you know a long time ago I was very very shy and one of the things that I was terrified about was any kind of drug use because I I grew up very very conservative didn't have and I was terrified I married a, a musician my my first husband and he would sneak off and get high. Just smoking marijuana was just like, oh, my God, is there anything worse than that? When I found out he was 
getting high, I thought, you know, it's the equivalent of cheating on me, which, you know, was so horrible, all of that. And, and this was this was because your father said he could never love somebody that did drugs, right? He said something along the lines of, yeah, there, don't you ever get hooked up with any of those loadies or any of those losers, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted my father's love, and so I was going to make sure that I never, you know, I never would date anybody who did drugs because I had this judgment already in my mind that people who do drugs are bad. And so I had a tremendous fear of the simplest little thing. I mean, I didn't even drink coffee. You know, I mean, I, you know, I had a glass of wine once in a while. That was about it. So, you know, the, the amount of change and work that I had to go through, you know, and all my shamanic training to go through that fear of what's going to happen when I take a substance that's going to alter me. I had to do my spiritual work first, and this is what I recommend for everybody. Do your spiritual work. If you're thinking, you know, oh, cool, I think I want to go see what it's like to, you know, check out the other side, or, you know, that is not the way. This is serious. Going to take me a shortcut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this, you know, this path is for people who have been doing their work, and they need a boost. And, you know, for me, here, 17 years of training to become enlightened, and I had a, I had a, a, an experience of that, a miniature experience when I left that training that I was in, you know, Zen Buddhist lifestyle. But the most profound experience I ever had along this line was, was taking, um, was being in, in ceremony with ayahuasca. And within 20 minutes of drinking that brew, I crossed over and I could not tell the difference between where my body ended and the rest of life began. And it was the most glorious, profound, exquisite experience of my life. And it changed everything. It just absolutely changed everything in my life. And just to magnify that for a minute, that's often not the way people would describe their first experience in ceremony with ayahuasca, right? Many yeah. of them, it's like it was ugly. I saw ugly things, and I was sick, and I was thrown up, and I was, and you did throw up, but even that was not a, that was almost a pleasant experience. Um, yeah. And 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 and, and I, I'm, what I want to call people's attention to is, wouldn't you wouldn't you say that that's because of the amount of spiritual work you had done in advance? Yes, definitely. Definitely. And not to, you know, not to say to people, don't do it if you haven't been doing it, because, you know, if if you've at least been doing it for a while and you're you're ready to if you feel like I, you know, I'm ready for the next level. There's an aspect of the trip that um, that uh, this one that's coming up now, I have two trips coming up. The the one uh, the, this one in June, it's June 11th to the 21st. I'm leaving in just a few days for that. It is a really uh, a, a deep dive into uh, a variety of techniques taught by a variety of different tribes um, by two main people. One is the former head archaeologist of Machu Picchu who has studied with many different tribes there. And he teaches just exquisite techniques of literally the kinds of techniques where that no hospital can touch. I mean, the classes, I, I took a class from him where, you know, he had us, you know, blow our energy into a stone and close our eyes and he would do this, he would do this guided meditation with rattling and with spirit water and singing ancient chants, calling in certain energies and we'd hold that stone over 
our body over a certain energy and then tune into that organ. And the information that would come through was a hundred times more valuable than than an ultrasound, a sonogram, an x-ray, or any kind of equipment in a medical facility because that little rock would tell us everything, all the emotions that were in those parts of our body, all the, the... the, whether there was fungus or bacteria or disease or hatred or, you know, damage from uh, drug abuse or whatever whatever was in there, it would show us. I, it would just blew my mind. And I had got, you know, twice in my, in my life I had uh, experienced breast cancer. And one of the things I did is, you know, I took that stone up to my left breast where there were lumps there. And there were four lumps. And there were, and I have four children, and I saw I saw certain pain and certain grief, and it was centered around mothering and feeling like you know I hadn't done as good a job as a mother as I could have, and maybe I should have done something different, and and those kinds of thoughts what were what was creating blockages in my lymphatics. So when I could actually see that and just that you maybe had not mentally and emotionally nourished your children. Yeah. Well, where else would that be but in breast tissue? Yeah, that I didn't nourish them enough, even though, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's really ridiculous. When you think, like every mother you gave till you had nothing left. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, um, you know, that just being able to see into those organs. So so these trips, it's, you know, it's, yes, we're having a plant, we're having plant medicine ceremonies for sure, but they... It's not just the plant medicine ceremonies. It's the teachings around the around those ceremonies of these ancient principles and uh, traditions, where you know they could do things that no hospital can do today. That you could do for yourself by just being honest, it, by being able to say "fuck you," for example, as one way to release toxicity from your body. Um, so uh, I. I want to share briefly also in the timing because it's been a little bit of a time since we've since we spoke. I on twelve twelve twelve, I did a, a I did a, a presentation with a friend of mine, Donnell De Marquesa. She does these beautiful Tibetan bowls, and then I did some channeling, and uh, the absolvers came through and brought in these beautiful gifts, this really lovely, lovely vibration, and uh, from that from the night of twelve 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 something really major happened inside of me. And I was, uh, like, the day after that, I had surgery, oral surgery. <clears throat> I had all these physical things that were going on with me. I had, I ended up getting pneumonia and a bunch of major things. But I was just totally peaceful and just, I would I would be standing in line and it to get a prescription for my antibiotics, which I hated taking, but I but I needed to. And I would look at all the people who maybe in the past I maybe would have judged as somebody who might be a bit of a loser because they're taking a bunch of uh, medications. But something so profound changed in me. And I, every person that I looked at, I just fell in love with. And I'd see, I'd see a woman pushing a cart with her little kids in it. And the little girl would reach up on the shelf and she'd say, Mommy, will you buy me that? And I would hear the word mommy and I'd go, oh my God, that woman gave birth to that child and she breastfed her and she she's taking her with her everywhere she goes oh my god these mothers they're so amazing and i'd see the men i go oh my god these men these fathers they 
they work so hard to provide for their family. And, oh, these elderly people, they've been here their whole life giving and giving and giving. Like every person I would see, I would just fall head over heels in love with. Part of that had to do with the plant medicine ceremonies that had awakened that potential in me. And part of it had to do with, I think, the vibration of the earth as well and what was the changes. And also a a lot of it to do with the absolvers who were living in me and, you know, causing me to literally fall head over heels in love with people. And then after I'm, you know, bathing in that love for a while, I'd see something that didn't seem right and I'd allow myself to get really fucking pissed and then and I'd, you know, be help them say fuck you and then I and then I would just sink and oh my goodness, how beautiful. And these plant medicines are 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 some of the thing the most important things that have happened in my life as far as really, you know, opening me up to that and having a direct ex- experience once you have a direct experience of that kind of feeling it, it it never leaves you because you you can always access it and of course we had that before we were born so everyone has access to it but some people you know have been beaten up so badly that it's really hard to get there so for those who whether you've been on a strong spiritual path or you've just been beaten up so bad and you just really need a boost it's a great way to um to get that boost to get that healing to cross over and face those demons even if it's demons that you see face them and say what what do you want to teach me I'm here I'm ready well it's one of the most common questions I've heard Abraham get is how do you imagine a feeling a, a state of being that you've not ever been and I would say we've all been but it may be it's veiled its way in the past. For whatever reason, we don't have access to it right now. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you don't, like Ram Dass's guru was trying to point out, as long as you don't put the power in the stuff, like, okay, but the only way I can feel like this, do this, is if I have assistance. It, 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 and instead use it like a touchstone mm-hmm. of, I remember that. I remember what that feels like, and it's real to me now because it, it's gutturally real. It's not a bunnies and rainbows fantasy thing way off in the distance. Exactly. It's grounded and rooted, and it is in your very core, in our very, very DNA. And it's, you know, to, to see myself how I was, I had this prejudice against any kind of drugs or plant medicine, but these these medicines are just, so beautiful it's ayahuasca and it, we're doing work with ayahuasca this time around and in the next trip in july we'll be working with ayahuasca and san pedro both and ayahuasca is this wild wild feminine energy and the san pedro is a much more gentle but powerful masculine energy and it doesn't have uh near the same side effects for most people it's a much more gentle experience but very powerful. And, you know, to, for people to be shown absolution, to be shown how loved they are, how lovable they are, you know, one of my ceremonies, it, it must it was like an hour long straight that I just kept hearing from these beautiful beings. You know, you're such a good person. You're such a good person. You're such a good person. And I would just cry and cry and cry, you know, like, you know, and, you know, even after all this go, really, am I really a good person? I know you said it 500 times, but just one more time. (laughs) (laughs) 
And, then and they I do. Feel, yeah. It, yeah. And then I would feel a little bit embarrassed. And I thought, you know, am I really that messed up that I need to be told 500 times that I'm a good person? Am I that off the mark or so, you know, and then there'd be a wave. And then I just, I just hear them laughing, you know, and just smiling. Well, how and then, many times have we told ourselves that we're not so yeah. far just this lifetime? And how many times have people around us, how much, you know, you think of the authority top- figures. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever that yeah. means. Yes, I'm being reminded that the clock on the wall says it is that time again. And and not really a bad uh, place to uh, make our segue into uh, until next time. Uh, we do have, uh, and we'll post on the archive, a link to uh, your previous show. But anybody can just go to uh, everydayconnection.me and type in Angela Mendato. Or if you want to really zero in, you can just type sacred plant medicine, and uh, there's a whole 90 minutes about it in there. And uh, uh, because it is way too big a subject to cover in the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the show, but mm-hmm. uh, powerful, powerful, powerful work that Angela's doing. Um, I would encourage all of you to check it out. The links have been in the chat room through the evening. They will be on our archive at everydayconnection.me, but probably uh, could trail their way around to find everything if they went to your main website, which would just be AngelaMandato.com. M-A-N-D-A-T-O is Mandato. However y'all pronounce that, we probably wouldn't get it right in Texas. Um, And uh, because I know there's links there to your blog and uh, uh, and to Spirit Quest Tours uh, uh, where... Uh, the information on the uh, July Peru trip is. And we will, on our archive tonight, again, have uh, links to these uh, three folks that uh, have reached out to the universe and the world through GoFundMe to uh, help them reach their goal. And uh, uh, Yes, and if, if you don't mind, Rick, if right I on the doorstep. <laughs> um, if I could just speak to that for just a moment. Yes, yes. Uh, these uh these uh, three people, Sharon Bousquet and Stephen Hobson and Phoenix Jordan. Sharon Bousquet and Stephen Hobson are coming on the June trip, and Phoenix Jordan is coming on the July trip. And they would like your help. Uh, Sharon has uh, two days to come up with, I think, another $1,500. And it's actually down to only 900 she needs now. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. That's happened just the last hour then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, there these are these three people are amazing, amazing people who are here to do some real good, and they're they're really following their dreams. And I can see that they're going to do tremendous things with the information that they're going to be getting on this on this trip. It's not you know, it's not a vacation. This is you know, diving in and doing some really deep, powerful healing work for themselves and for many others. The working so, trip. Right. So, it, you know, for those of you who would like to be on this trip and are not quite ready yourself, if you feel inspired to help these people, that would be awesome. And your prayers, all the people who have been funding them and will be funding them, we are doing prayer work there in the jungle for every for all of the planet. But, you know, an extra special ceremony. Yeah, it would be a great way, too, a, a symbolic move you can make for yourself of, you know, I'd like to go to Peru, but I don't have enough money, but I've got a little bit I can use to help them get there because I know that I'll be helped to get there. Right. $10, you know? Yeah. 
plant the seed, people. And so, but do, I'm glad you pointed out that uh, Phoenix uh, Jordan is not going on the June, but the July trip because when you pull up their three pages, it looks like the other two are just right, just almost there, and then Phoenix is like got nothing. Well, it's because she's going on the later trip, people. Well, so she wants right very much to be on the June trip. She and if she gets a miracle, if somebody says so, and, and oh Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix is, is doing a documentary while she's there, and she's she's asking these indigenous healers, you know, what have we forgotten? What 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 wisdom did we used to have that you still have that we need? And she's she's going to be doing a beautiful beautiful documentary of you know during these trips. She would love very much to be there in June. And if somebody tonight were to say, let's pull it together and I can help fund you, she will be on She will be on a plane in two days if that happens. Absolutely. But if that doesn't happen, you know, then she'll be there in but July. But don't be turned away by the fact that she's got farther to go to reach her goal than the others. And But, I mean, really, you look at the, the first, you've got an author and then uh, a musician mm-hmm. and a filmmaker. So you can help this experience spread and spread and spread through the written word and the sung word, the lyric poetry, and uh, and through film. So this is just an awesome opportunity, I think, for everybody to be able to uh, uh, be part of that. And uh, and like I say, if you want to go and you can't quite afford to get there, uh, plant this seed and see what happens for you before the next trip in January or June or July or whenever it may be. Yeah, uh, and St- Stephen Hobson, I want to mention him also. He's deaf, and he's also a, a phenomenal public speaker. And he's 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 reached his goal. He's just uh, looking for some funds for spend, you know, to help with some of the extra expenses while he's there. But wow, have these people ever ever really worked hard? And for those of you who feel uh, an inspiration, I feel like there's two more people that. That there, there, there are spots for two more people. It could happen if somebody just said, "Okay, I, I need to do this." It could happen very quickly. We'd need to know by tomorrow. We'll, yeah, we got to know by tomorrow, but we'll be happy to establish the John Doe or Jane Doe uh, scholarship fund. If you're ready. <laughs> we we will see to it that they get there and that it's put to good use. Um, awesomeness. Thank Ladies? you so much for having me on your show again. This has been a great time. And fuck you. And fuck you. <laughs> fuck you back. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your show again, but if you hadn't, fuck you. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's awesome. And if you're so, not inspired to come to Peru, fuck you. <laughs> right. Mm. Who the fuck needs you anyway? Uh, yep, fuck so tomorrow evening, folks, we hope you'll join us again, uh, also at 8 uh, Eastern, uh, for Shauna's namesake, Shauna Holm, uh, slightly different spelling, who is an author and a shaman, uh, and uh, is going to be here speaking with us. We're having a little bit of shaman week for this week, and next week we have musical week. We have Kev Rowe on Tuesday and David Ison on Thursday that are both musicians, and we'll have a morning show in the in between with an author from the UK. So, always exciting stuff happening. Uh, you you just never know what the fuck might happen at Everyday Connection. <laughs> so, we do hope that you'll join us again. Um, so what's ne- Thursday tomorrow uh, for Shauna? And uh, until then, 
to our fucking mother. <laughs> to fucking each other and especially fuck to yourselves. Just fucking stay connected. <laughs> Good fucking night, everybody. Good night. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.